lost and lonely, beyond the edge of time, Elder. We open up with Father O'Malley driving his car. He is covered head to toe in black soot, his hair blown back in a cartoonish fashion. Sitting next to him is Trevor Ebbs, who's looking a little bit dusty, but otherwise unscathed. We hear Izzy grumbling and swearing from inside the trunk. In the distance, fire engines are pulling up to the police station. And the chaos is starting to die down. What very important lesson did we learn, Trevor? Not to touch Izzy's bag of tricks. If you didn't make it so enticing, I wouldn't have done it. Therefore, the actual usages by some who actually able to use all of the various items inside. You haven't the training, the time, or the patience to learn any of these. I'm sorry, I tuned you out. What? I huh? said, and I'm cut off by more and more speed bumps, making it harder and harder to hear me from the trunk. It does seem a little bit strange to you, Trevor, that Father O'Malley is doing laps in the supermarket parking lot, but you're sure there's some reason for it. Oh, sure. The best way to lose somebody is to make them not understand why you're doing something. That way they can't think like you. Because that way nobody can think that way. Trevor, nobody can think like you. You don't have to worry. Aw, thanks. So, how was Og's first day of school? Well, it's still going on, technically, but uh, he was at least accepted. The principal uh, certainly believed uh, many of the less truthful portions of Og's school application. Well, I, you know, I put down six foot nine, but he's like seven four. I didn't think they were really going to check. So, you know. Somehow, Trevor, I don't think that's the parts I was referring to. Somebody's phone rings. Whose is it? I'm going to assume that it's mine, considering that Trevor probably doesn't have his phone on him, or it was confiscated by the police. Oh, we forgot to get my stuff back. We'll have to go back later for that. From your pocket, you produce a melted hunk of plastic that miraculously still has a functioning touchscreen. But no caller ID or display? Um, It's... Fizzling in and out. You're not really sure. It's a number you don't recognize, for sure. I'll answer the phone. Hello, this is Father Donald O'Malley. You're the, uh, the priest who was here a few months back, yeah? Name's Merle. We, we talked at the... Ah, yes, 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 sir. I, I, am, uh, I am familiar with who you are. Were, weren't you the one we had to, to, to send to the, the Kairuj in, the guy said? 
bleeding from your pores or something. He did mention the Kairujin. He uh, he mentioned them a lot. Well, uh, I heard you folk uh, pretty good at uh, solving um, them or problems there. Uh, certainly, it is not outside of our wheelhouse. Uh, although we do tend to deal strictly with uh, more obscure uh, problems, shall we say. I mean, obscure is not necessarily the word. Sasquatch isn't very obscure, but I'm sure you deal with a Sasquatch problem. Uh, we'd certainly uh, be willing to take a look for you. And I mean, like, they're them UFOs. I mean, I guess a UFO would qualify as a, wouldn't, wouldn't be a Sasquatch problem. Would definitely qualify as a, uh, Do as you... a less obscure problem. It's also kind of obscure. Do you have a UFO or Sasquatch problem? No, no, nothing like that. I see. Do you have a problem at all? Oh, yeah, and uh, I'm hoping you folks come up here and uh, lend us all a hand. Oh, we certainly can. Um, I would say, uh, Trevor. Yeah, dude. Buckle up, my son. We are going on a trip that will be at least an hour in the car. Okay. Hope you're doing all right back there, Spritel. And then I hit the gas. Actually, I'm doing just fine, having made my way somehow from the trunk to the back seat of the car with a drink in my hand. It is Ocean Potion, I'm assuming. What can I say? I like the tang. You drive by a billboard advertising New Mountain Sea Blast as you hit the highway. The drive through the mountain roads has been largely uneventful and you have come close to the small town where you'd met the druids and Merle but you're not quite there yet and as you're approaching the weather is starting to turn it's getting darker out you can hear the rumble of thunder off in the distance Rain explodes from the sky when you're about a mile out from the town. And the driving has become slick and hazardous. Though it has slowed you down a little bit, you're still making good time. When up ahead, you see a car. A dull blue dark car has swerved off the road and ended up in a ditch. You're not sure how long they've been there, but... Are the taillights on or any any lights at all? The interior light is on. One of the doors must be open. But the driving rain makes it hard to see much in the way of specifics. I'll pull over to the side of the road. All right, gentlemen, we should uh, be good Samaritans and at least look in on this motorist and make sure that they are all right. Yeah, man, totally. And I get out of the car. Trevor. Huh? I pop the glove box and hand Trevor um, a battery-powered flashlight just so that he has a, a stronger light source. Oh, thanks, man. You're so thoughtful. As you approach the car, something doesn't seem right. Is the steering wheel on the wrong side of the car? 
weird. No, but the door, passenger side door, looks as though it has come off. In fact, the whole right side of the car has been damaged and scratched, and it looks like it sideswept something, but you didn't see any signs of impact with the guardrails coming up to this point. And indeed, the the passenger's door is about 10 feet from the side of the car. The electrical system seems to not be working quite right. The light is functioning, but all of the car's dashboard computer systems are flickering and producing error messages. Would you like to investigate a mystery? Yeah, dude, totally. I was going to check the glove compartment for like, you know, um, the registration so I could know who owns the car so I could call out their name. So, ho Well, a one and a two is a three. And my sharp of two makes that a five. <laughs> well, 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 you get to mark an experience on your best skill. I know. Thanks, man. Aren't you advanced in this one, too? This this is about as bad as you can do with something you're great at. So you're poking around, and you can't get the glove compartment open. Oh man. And you start fighting with it and yanking and tugging, and bam! The airbag goes off. I'm just going to take a nap right here, then. When I see the airbag go off, I'll get out of the car and just go to check on Trevor and make sure he hasn't knocked himself for a loop being unexpectedly hit by an airbag. Well, by the time you get there, uh, you hear some snoring. Ebbs. Ebbs, wake up. You, uh, you knocked yourself out by hitting yourself in the face with that airbag. <laughs> ha! 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 That hurt. A lot. Oh, right in the face. He's wedged in there pretty good. You're going to have to, like, cut the bag and pull him out. I I will do that. I will um, produce a small pocket knife and cut open the airbag to help uh, unwedge Mr. Ebbs. And while you're sawing and the air is escaping from the bag and Ebbs is flailing and babbling. You miss the noise of your car's doors being wrenched off. Easy. You're sitting in the back seat feeling a little bit bored. And as you reach for the door, it's not there anymore. It has been torn clean off the hinges by something. Would you like to roll to read a bad situation? That does seem like a good idea. But a three and a two, plus my sharp of one, only gets me up to a six. With a six, you look out into the darkness and you don't see anything. But I do level up. There's a flash of lightning, and in that flash of lightning, you see the black tentacles reaching from the tree line. 
and before you have a chance to scream, you are dragged away. How'd you like to spend that level up? I am going to take another combat magic pick, and I will take the base of wall. Well, hopefully that wall will be able to help you escape from whatever this is in the second half. Welcome to episode 38, dudes! Ha ha! Woo! It's the middle of the show! As always, folks, this is just your mid-episode reminder that you can check out the Umbral Theater Presents Expeditions of the Extra Normal anywhere you check out uh, fine podcasts, whether that be Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We are there, and we are there for you, and we love and appreciate you checking us out. Please go ahead and... uh, Recommend us to your friends, write a review, leave us any love that you can. Um, those help us out, and all those things help us out immensely. Also, be sure to head over to our YouTube channel and check out the Umbral Theater's new show. Yes, we're broadcasting live on Thursday nights now, and throwing it up right up on YouTube right after. And you can catch those live shows at twitch.tv slash the Umbral Theater. Uh, yeah, our new show is a fun, silly little romp using... The brand new role-playing game that uh, actually doesn't release until this September called Thirsty Sword Lesbians. It also uses similar rules to this one. It's using the Powered by the Apocalypse engine, but it actually is a little bit more robust. It's got a little bit stronger combat uh, mechanics and a little bit more in-depth role-play mechanics as well. And now, back to the show. Izzy, the trees are whipping past you at subsonic speeds, and you're being dragged over sticks and branches and mud through the deepest parts of the forest. It's not the worst date you've ever had, but several minutes later, you come to. You're in a dark clearing. There is some sort of stone altar set up with standing stones in a ring surrounding it. You can't make up much detail. It's far too dark. But you feel eyes watching you. A bit too wicked for my taste, personally. So whose eyes do it with my, uh, my feeling upon me? I'm pretty sure the date wasn't set for another day or two. Though I have to say, you have a nice touch for ambiance. Roll to read a bad situation. Uh, Much better than before. A six and a three, plus my sharp of one, is ten. That'll give you a whole three. Uh, For the first one, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? The lightning crashes through the sky. And... Standing by the altar is a man in a dark robe. There are some... There's some light that glints off of it in the the lightning. There's some embroidery or some metallic threads laced through it. It's hard to say. Because it's almost impossible to focus on him. I'm going to be holding uh, the next two questions. So that's some kind of... uh... 
face obscuring magic you've got going, or perhaps you're really actually that hideous to look at, but I'm not one to believe in the latter myself. Oh, but forgive me, here I am hurling insults with a person who I have not yet been introduced to. And I reach into my breast pocket and pull out a business card. I am no one of import. His voice comes across flat, with no distinctive qualities to it at all. But you, you are gifted, I hear. Well then, person of no import, you at least have functioning ears, if not a functioning face or vocal cords. I am in need of your assistance, and I have much to offer. Back by the road. Ebbs, you're out. You're free. You're covered in that dust that's inside of those bags. Man, this is not how I thought this road trip was going to go. The good news, Trevor, is that it's raining so hard that dust will be off you in a moment. Oh, yeah. And I go out and I dance in the rain. Hey, Izzy, come dance in the rain. It's real fun. As you look over, you see the mangled side of the car. And you see, Trevor, this is why I made him ride in the trunk. Honestly, what did he do to destroy my car? And I will walk over and begin to look for Izzy to admonish. There's a big, thick drag mark in the mud by the side of the road. Well, Ebbs, it's fair to say that this might be why that gentleman Merle called us to begin with. Shall we? And then I'll indicate down the path of the drag mark. Roll to investigate a mystery. Okay. The crew is on a, on a roll tonight. Three and two is five. Plus my sharp of one is a six. That's an experience point. Barked off. And... That is a bad thing happening to you that you don't immediately notice as you follow the drag marks and the trail into the woods. Back to Izzy. Oh, I do want to note before we go back to Izzy that I did pull my sword out to follow the trail. You got it. Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. This person looks at your business card. Israel Barnabas Adams. You have talents I'm in need of. Due to recent developments, I find myself in need of friends from elsewhere. You have these connections. Well, hold on there, partner. If you're just going to come and use me for my connections, at least buy me a drink and take me out to dinner first. I'm not sure what response you're looking for. Oh, just a shred of humanity for the person behind the Lack of importance that you're clearly putting on an affront to obscure your real identity and go about your business without being harried by the people that you want my connections for. You use a lot of words when few would do. I also use a little magic when many others would use too much. What do you want for your services? 
There's a lot of things that I could ask for. All the bar tabs to get paid off, or my favorite person on Elder to finally swipe me the right way. Or the usual arcane secrets of all of the known universe kept away from me for the betterment of everyone else. But I suppose it'd be more realistic to ask what you could even offer me. I hold the arcane secrets of five lifetimes. Of five different schools. Well, if any of them are for Mongolian black shamanism, you can offer a pass on that one. I've not collected that yet. Well, you should. Though I'd recommend having some yak's milk of your own at the ready beforehand. Libations can be a bitch without them. So, what schools do you have on offer? Assuming you do know what you're talking about. That is the purpose of my prolonging this conversation. I want to make sure I'm not making a deal with a complete and total buffoon, parading around as if they knew magic when in fact they didn't. I have the skills of the druids and the powers of the native shamans of this land. I bind spirits as the Shinto priests. I've mastered the hermetic ways. I've mastered Celtic rune-weaving, and am a studied blood sorcerer. Now, you and I would both know that there's only really a handful of ways to prolong your lifetime enough to live for five times as long. Is it your mastery, or someone else's? If I'd achieved immortality already, I wouldn't still be here seeking... And then there's the inevitable question of how and when are you going to stab me in the back when it is most convenient for you? I've no quarrel with you. You haven't lost a card game to me yet. If you're intending to bluff your way through things, then you would be developing a quarrel with me, and I would reply in kind. I assure you, Pursuit of Mystery, I am no bluff. Nor am I. I make a gesture with my index finger going to them and back to me repeatedly. See, this is a conversation. Now, if we had refreshments and perhaps a bit of an entree or two, you could have called it a first date. I needed to wait for my opportunity to free you from your captors. Ebbs O'Malley. You're following the very obvious trail through the woods. The undergrowth and mud is thick and difficult to fight your way through. But it's unmistakable. Whatever dragged him through these woods left quite the wide swath behind it. And it becomes apparent why. Ahead of you stands this roiling mass of gelatinous flesh. It has dozens of roiling eyes and mouths as its flesh bubbles and boils. It forms large tendrils that lash about before being reabsorbed into the body. It's nearly 15 feet high, and it hisses at you through several mouths. I say, monstrosity, have you seen our friend... He's a wizard. Well, Trevor, I suppose there's only one solution to this problem. And I rush at it with my sword. 
you dash at this thing that instinctively strikes out with a half dozen tentacles looking to rip you limb from limb. I will slice at the tentacles as they approach. Roll to kick some ass. All right. A six and a two is an eight. Plus my tough of three is a nine, ten, eleven. Well then, you get to deal damage. I shall. I also get an additional effect, which I will choose to be to take less harm. And as a reminder, my sword is a three harm hand fire holy weapon. Your blade delivers scorched wounds into this creature's black, bulbous, fleshy hide. And there is some sort of shrieking noise, although you're not sure whether that is this creature howling in pain or just gas escaping from the the gouge you left in it. But one thing you are sure of is that this screech burns itself into your mind. Take two harm, armor defeating. All right. Take him. Well, ain't much to do but to do it, I guess. And I will also attack the beast. And I dash in and reach into the ether and take out my whip a chain sword and give it a slash. Let's see what you got. Let's see. Ha! <laughs> well, a four and a one is a five. And my top of zero makes it a five. You leap forward, whirling your chain as you strike for the opening provided to you by O'Malley. You leap and thrust your bladed whip towards the open wound. But it just simply opens, and as you watch, the tear in this creature's side almost fully bisects it and begins to grow teeth as this giant mouth swallows you whole. Oh. Izzy. And wound up actually setting the entire precinct on fire. So you see, I do actually need them to be alive for a little bit longer just so they can pay me back what I'm owed. So you don't want them to die in the woods? Well, they certainly don't have a check signed to my accounts, ready to go in their cold, dead hands, so at the moment, no. Then as my first favor to you, I will let them live. Ebbs, you're certain that this is what death feels like. You're floating in an abyss of pain and anguish. And then just as quickly, you find yourself lying on the forest floor, face up, staring into the rain. O'Malley, the creature, has expelled your friend and begun to back away. Yes. To quote an old friend of mine, That's right! Run away, you coward! And I'll smack it with my sword again. World to kick some ass. All right, a six and a four is a ten, plus my tough of three is a thirteen. And since kick some ass is an advance move of mine, I will choose to take no harm. 
you leap forward and drive your blade deep into this thing. And it instinctively reaches for you and generates dozens of fangs bristling, ready to chomp down upon you. But it stops and continues slinking away. Good news, my son. It appears that for once, the hideous monstrosity has simply decided it doesn't want to fight. Hooray! And then I will move to Trevor and offer him a hand up. Hey, thanks, man. I gotta say, on a scale of good day to bad day, this isn't one of my best days. That might be my that might be my son, but remember, as long as we continue to try and shine in his light, no day is a truly bad day. At this point, the camera cuts to a bench in front of the school. Og is sitting there in the rain, waiting for his ride. 